0: Oh my girls, I have a treat for you. Seriously, I am so stoked about this conversation. As a matter of fact, I posted that I was going to be joining this special guest on Instagram and you guys freaked. So the fact you're just as excited as I am says something super big about what these next few minutes are going to do for you, your heart, and your life. May I introduce to you Jess Connolly? You may recognize Jess and her name because she's written nine books for women of all ages, including Wild and Free with Haley Morgan, You Were the Girl for the Job, one of my favorites, and now my new favorite, Breaking Free from Body Shame. She's also a church leader and a coach, but she won't tell you. She's also a fitness instructor, a mom, a pastor's wife, all the things seriously. But she equips and encourages women as they run their mission in all of these places in her life. Don't know what took us so long to get her here, but I'm so glad she finally is, and I I just know today's conversation is going to bless you and here is why. We need to start talking about our bodies and what we believe about them. Do we believe they're good or do we just think they're good? Or do we even think they're good? Our culture today is throwing us Photoshop, diets, and tons of other places of shame that keep us trapped in thinking one certain way about our body. And let me tell you, it's not biblical. It's not even underneath this umbrella of what the gospel is. So how do we marry the two together, the gospel and our body? Great question. And Jess is going to unpack all that today in our conversation with some incredible truths that I've never thought of before. Seriously, she has changed my perspective in the 37 minutes we were able to talk. So I know she's going to bless you and your heart and the way you think about your body today as well. This took too long. I know. I was about to say. I should have been on a lot
1: sooner. I'm so glad to finally be here. You know, it just, it's been like a long time dream of mine and I'm so happy to be Whatever. talking to you. I'm dead serious. I'm serious. I'm like, you know, you know, sisters, I'm like, I, my sister to be on the, your podcast like four years ago. It was a long time ago. I know. Ago. Katie joined us. She was
0: probably the first. No, wait. Pause. She was the first guest we ever had. Yeah.
1: I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to follow in her footsteps,
0: you know? <laughs> no, listen, she is great. you are great and you are I mean like what are you not? You're an author, you're a mom, you're a wife, you are a movement creator. you are a <laughs> fitness instructor. I mean like, what else do you want to be girl? Well, I, you can I be don't cook.
1: okay and if you want me to start listing the things I don't cook <laughs> I'm not a great housekeeper. These are not my strong suits, but
0: you are a superhero of the faith and I have to say. No, I like screenshot of these cuz I had to I had to read them out loud. So on Instagram this morning I told my friends that you were coming on and um we were going to chat. And I'm not kidding you, Jess, within like five minutes had maybe 15 messages of girls that were like, oh, I am so pumped. I look up to her. Mm -hmm. I soak up every word she says. So I just need you to know, like literally, I'm going to read them. I adore every word she says. I've been listening to You Are the Girl for the Job at least three times on Audible. Love her. So excited for this episode. Cannot wait. Stoked. Yes, yes, yes. Like, how cool that what you're doing and what you're saying
1: is sticking. I'm so grateful. I'm the most grateful. That's so encouraging. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, but you know I am a longtime fan of you as well, even though it took me until this time last year to put in my mind all of the things I loved about you. I, didn't, I couldn't even put them all together in the same in the same person you were like disjointed and all these different things so i'm just a big fan of you i'm a big fan of your family i was talking to your brother this morning about how excited i am to talk to you today we love him we
0: love him <laughs> so much he's the best we love him he is and single yes <laughs> girls listen seriously. single cutie so yeah. kind he looks close to jess he so. he's
1: in the building mm-hmm. right now yeah
0: he's literally going to kill me he <laughs> it's fine <laughs> I try every moment I get. I'm like, girlies, listen. We're just trying Let's to use the sisters. internet for good.
1: You know what I'm saying? We're just, we're, God Only gave us. a real thing. Yes. I'm not against it. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Ham, we got you, boo. We'll get you hooked up. <laughs> Girls listening, DM us, either Jess or me or myself. We're matchmakers. Let's go. I love it. Well, okay, we'll add matchmaker to your list okay. as soon as we Great. get Hamilton a little girly. Great. Um, love that. So, I did have you on, though, because you were talking about not only talking you've written about and you've literally started a movement of a topic that it's about dang time Mm. can I just say it is about time that the church um I don't I don't know if I've ever actually sat through a sermon where we've talked about like our bodies and the cellulite and the stretch marks and like the you know taking a picture looking at it and like thinking critically about ourselves and you are you were talking about it and it needs to be spoken about Mm -hmm. so I'm just so pumped to dive in and just to lean in
1: it's real
0: it's just real it's all of us so I want you to almost take a quick second and if you could give us a spark notes version of this huge incredible cool movement
1: your body is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll start with my story, which is just that I met Jesus when I was 15. Before that, um, my earliest memory is feeling not right in my body, not feeling not okay, feeling not mm-hmm. good. I don't remember who told me that. I don't, I don't have, I have later on memories of people speaking negatively about my body or about their bodies, but really just truly my earliest memory. It was like knowing my body was not good. And so I lived with that feeling until I was 15, um, which was only compounded by (laughs) the media and everything I saw in the world. Um, And then I met Jesus and I would say I entered a a really confusing 10-year span where I was applying the gospel and truth. To every other part of my life. But again, no one was talking about this and no one was saying what God's truth had to do with my body or my body image. And unfortunately, any messages I heard from Christians or inside the church or inside the faith community were actually all even more discouraging and disheartening than things I'd heard outside. I mean, all of a sudden now my righteousness and my goodness and my worth and my value felt attached to truly like American cultural standards. Wow. And so that was even more confusing for me because not only was I trying to balance the gospel and, and understand my, um, my place in the kingdom, but all of a sudden now I felt like, okay, I, I don't have to measure up in all these other ways, but in this one way I'm on the hook and, if I don't handle this well, if I'm not okay, if I'm not acceptable, um, able, you know, maybe I'm not good. Maybe I'm not, um, holy enough. Maybe I'm not righteous enough, but also I may, w- what I was told indirectly and is I may miss out on parts of my calling. Mm-hmm. I may not be able to experience the fullness of God's call on my life. If I don't get this together, if I don't figure this out. So, Those 10 years looked like, you know, wrestling with a lot of disordered behavior and uh, patterns and beliefs and ideas um, throughout not only my college years, but then my young motherhood years and and my first year years of stepping into more formal ministry. And then through a variety of things that happened, the, the switch just flipped. And I realized that everything I believed about God was I I was believing the opposite in this one area. Mm. So all of these good things I believed about him, his character, his compassion, his kindness, his justice, his love, his generosity, all of these things I like was attributing the exact opposite to him when it came to my body. You're like, it applies to all these other things. But yeah, when it comes to my body, it's it's completely different. (laughs) But not (laughs) this. Yeah. 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 And so I just couldn't. I just couldn't live like that anymore. And and honestly, I was defeated and sad about how the gospel seemed to be falling short in this area. And so I thought, man, God has freed me from so many things. And at that point in my life, he had. He, he's freed me from multiple addictions, um, from like really disastrous behavior that I had engaged in before I was a believer and after I was a believer. He, he was just setting me free from so many things. So I was like, you've got to be able to set me free right. from this yeah. too. Um, and so that being said, I, that i that started my journey, but really, really, really truly what led to writing the book and what the book is about is I'd planned at some point in my life to write this book, to get brave enough to write it, to, to feel free enough to write it. And then the pandemic hit and <laughs> I had no plans to write a book last year. I did not plan to write this book last year, but my editor called me, um, in about April of the pandemic. So about, a, about six weeks in to everybody kind of sheltering in place. And she just asked me, how do you think women are going to feel about their bodies a year from now? What do you think women are feeling about their bodies? And all of a sudden I had all the motivation I needed. <laughs> I didn't feel like I needed to muster up any more um, brave, bravery from my perspective. Cause I just realized we were going to be in a serious situation and I didn't even know the depth of it, but um I thought okay coming out of this women are really going to struggle with frustration and defeat in their bodies even more than even more than probably when we went in and it'll be and it'll be a that's collective right. experience that's right so the the book is really just looking at God's truth I love that yeah the
0: amount of times that I've heard people say quarantine 15 or like naming weight gain and oh, it's time to get back on the saddle and all the things I'm like yes. Yeah, it's um it's daunting and it's I think more destructive than we give it credit for.
1: And yeah, it's sneaky. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, the book is really just about the truth that God says our bodies are good and what happens when we actually believe that. Mm -hmm. And there are cool things that happen when we
0: align ourselves and our beliefs with, and theology with anything God has to say. Yes. So I love what you said about how it applies to our body too. Like your body is not exempt. It's not another story. It comes up mm. underneath the same gospel umbrella. Mm-hmm. So what can happen when we step forward in power and truth like we would when we worship on Sunday, when we honor our marriage, when we um, choose friendship, when we like, it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. It's just wild how, I mean, I'm, it's funny cause I'm there too. Like I've always kind of separated it in my brain. Um, Yeah. And some of the things culture has said is completely opposite from biblical. One of my favorite things that I've learned recently is to build a truth, you have to destroy a truth. Mm. And like two truths can't hold the same place. And there's the lower T truth and the capital T truth. So what lower T truths do you feel like are in culture today? that need to be replaced with a capital T truth that you
1: maybe talk through? So that's the best question. That is, that is like the question. I wish everybody would ask that question. So I would say for me, some of the lower T truths that we need to replace. Number one, I would start with the idea that your body is a project that feels like the biggest one that a lot of times women will like nod along. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of times women will be like, okay, okay. And then sometimes I notice it, it takes a little bit more looking, but, um, yeah, this idea that our body is this, long-term project that we need to tinker with, fix, get ready. Um, And this comes across in a variety of ways. We see it in like women getting ready for significant birthdays or for vacation or for summer. But we also see it even as subtle in this idea that I, I find so interesting when women talk about in their 20s or 30s using that phrase, like when I grow up, even still in our 30s, or 40s or 50s and and it's this idea that like there's some future ideal version of ourselves that we're going to finally step into. Um and so this is dangerous for a million different reasons. I would say the the most dangerous to me that I see is that we really unknowingly a lot of times co-sign on the objectification of women. This really horrible campaign started by the enemy of our souls that says women's worth and value is just tied up in their bodies and what their bodies can can do for the world so that's like one really dangerous yes. region we have to get away from that but the other one is we just miss out on abundance right we miss out on the beauty and the glory and the healing of here and now god in our midst so that's one lower t truth that our bodies are projects I would say another one I've already referenced, but that feels really significant for me is that our bodies are markers of righteousness. And I mentioned like I heard this explicitly expressed and I have to pause you because I have a question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: When you say that, do you mean that like uh, if a woman is fit, um, like fits the mold of what maybe the world's looking for if she is Without fine lines, wrinkles, all the things that she's more qualified in ministry, or she is more righteous—is that what you're talking about? Yes.
1: So let me give you this is this this like hurts, but let me give you the opposite of it, of like what it looks like more fleshed out. So yeah, okay, cool, cool. Think about the assumptions that we make about a woman when she like kind of doesn't look put together a lot. Ooh. Or think about the very damaging assumptions that are sometimes made about a person who struggles with ongoing illness Hmm. or like, Hmm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I've never really considered that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've heard it as a woman in ministry, like specifically expressed uh, you know, in the in the grossest ways of like hey, if you got Botox, then churches that use HD cameras <laughs> would be so much more likely to book you to speak at their churches. Wow, so there's that. <laughs> but then it's Ooh. it's also right as subtle as like assumptions we make or beliefs that we hold about you know the gal at church we see who like kind of always looks like a mess or has a coffee stain on her shirt or like hasn't quite lost the baby weight, like what we begin to assume about her relationship with God. And sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's overt, but I would say like there seems to be this collective agreement that when you are good, do good, you look good, right? Like when you are good and you do good things like you look good. But the problem is like none of that is actually God's standards. Like that's all worldly standards. Like what looking good (laughs) is, is like American. That's not kingdom. So like, what's the standard we're using? And then the other problem is continually over and over and over again in scripture, God tells us, I don't look at people the way you look at people. You know, I, I don't see people the way you see people. Like I look at the heart, God looks at the heart. And so it's like we, we, because we haven't known better, we just copy and pasted what the world says, but then we made it even grosser because we attached righteousness and holiness and yeah. even spiritual maturity to it.
0: And discipline, quote unquote, you know, like things like
1: that. Those kind of words,
0: like, oh, if I could only be more disciplined, I could stick out this diet. Absolutely, no diet, discipline, Mm. not same sentence. You know, same
1: sentence. Yeah, because right, what all of us know is a lot of times what helps you stick to a diet is shame, oh, fear. (laughs) Like, whoop! (laughs) Those are actually (laughs) those are
0: kingdom motivators. Ah, yeah, yeah, dang. Oh, man, this is all so true. And I got to be honest, I was, I mean, I was excited to jump on this call 100%. And I guess in my mind, when I was going through maybe theme or topic and all the the cool things I knew you could speak to, Mm -hmm. um, I had it in my mind as like a You know, we're going to treat our bodies great and, like, we're going to love who we are and, like, all the cute stuff. Jess, you're really freaking going for it and you're making me sweat and I love it. This is not what I prepared for, but this is what needs to be said because, because it stayed the cute, love your body, yeah, you're uniquely, wonderfully made, like – Hobby Lobby scripture bible verses and like scripture is true and right but it's like been culturified and like been tainted so many times that we forget yeah. to get down to the nitty-gritty raw like ooh, this hurts to listen to um so thanks yeah. for showing up
1: girl thanks for showing up <laughs> I'm so grateful to have people sweating with me in it. I have to tell you, like, I, it's so, I feel like I've been sweating it for the last few years and I've sat through so many conversations and I've sat in the seat of so many women's ministry, like events and different churches where people have just actually like defamed God's creation, you know, from the stage, from the pulpit. And I've, and I've been a part of so many conversations, like surrounded by women who I know love God and I know love the kingdom, but they are just talking about their bodies, like they're actual trash And I've been sweating. How you just described it is so perfect. I've been sweating and uncomfortable for about six years. (laughs) And I'm so glad to have people with me who are like, who are hearing it and seeing it and are are saying, okay, there has to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the first step practically is honestly having these conversations. Mm -hmm. And because you walk away from them, um, like a good example, if – my husband and I were talking about a yellow Volkswagen bug. Chances are I'll see eight of them today yeah. because that's on my mind. Yeah. Like I've now known to look for it and notice it and recognize it. And that's what this conversation is going to do is like, Hey girls, what's up? This is how we're talking about our, our body. What's coming out of your mouth. What's going in your mind. What are you agreeing with? And I think now we're going to start seeing those million, eight yellow Volkswagen bugs per se of this kind of conversation stuff. And because we're noticing it. And I think that's honestly the first step in taking back what the enemy takes from us is saying no I see you I got you like not not anymore are you gonna be sneaky about the subject you're so right you know yes you're so right so so yeah I think practically I love this because we're able to now be like ooh, you know no I see that I see what you just tried to do right there but I want to speak more practically into girls that are listening and are like yeah, I totally want this. And I now I'm noticing how many times I have agreed with destructive behavior in my body or like have defamed God's image and have um, shown up more for culture than for what God has to say about me. How do we like start unlearning to relearn? Like this just seems so clunky when we actually talk about moving forward. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, I mean, I see I see three really big potential things that we can do kind of immediately. The first is we really can go back to our mm-hmm. past and I'm not one for like dredging up old wounds or getting mad at people who said things 12 years ago, but I do <laughs> think we need to go back to ask God, "Where were you in some of those really hurtful or shameful or heavy moments where my body was named by somebody else as something else than you would say? Where where were you in that? What, where, what was your stance mm. in that? Were you compassionate towards me in that? What do you think about that? And the reason why is because we will repeat what we don't repair. And if we don't go back and get some healing from mm. those really harmful moments of our past, which genuinely all of us have, we just won't be able to move forward from them. And so I, I think that's step one. I think that's one thing we can do. And the book obviously guides women through that because I don't think that, that we need to get stuck in morbid introspection or um, a, a huge blame and shame cycle. The The second thing I would just encourage women to do that you can do yeah. right now today, which is so crazy, is that women could immediately decide that they are not going to speak negatively about their bodies, that they're just not going to do it. And they could just say like today Mm -hmm. i make an agreement between me and god no negative word about my body crosses my lips and why that's so impactful is because number one we can do it it is in our midst it's in our mouth we can bring obedience right at the cellular level but also because it changes culture and also because when we change the way we're talking we notice what we're saying in our mind so much more prevalently. And so I find that when mm. the the mouth kind of comes into alignment, then we hear our thoughts so much more clearly. And then we can bring our thoughts into alignment as well. We can really experience the transforming power of the renewal of our mind, which God promises he'll do for us. And then I would say... The last thing that I think could be really powerful that all women could really do today in some way, shape or form is that we could really start to ask God to increase our desire and um, our hope for this to change for the women around us, to start to look at our daughters Mm -hmm. and our sisters and our nieces and our mothers and our aunts and the women who aren't born yet and say, like, do I want this to be this way forever I think especially as kingdom women, we can say, like, we know God's strong enough. We know he wants this. We know he sent his son so that we might experience true freedom. So do we want to be a part of the change? Do we want to be a part of the revival? And when it comes, where will we be? Will we be ready? Will we be ready to change our lives? Or will we be like, I don't know. It was kind of nice to have everybody think I was pretty, like, and fitting cultural standards. You know, like, where do we want to be in this thing? Yeah. And then from there,
0: it's like becomes the overflow to where then people can look at you and say, Jess, there's something different about you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're glowing. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's because I've learned to rethink these thoughts that I've always once thought were true that aren't, and I've taken it back. And I bet you from there – you're more excited to put on the jeans you're more excited to have your picture taken and you don't feel the need to not post something because your arm looks a certain way yeah like you you don't have to worry about but you just are able to live you're so like right how we've always intentionally needed to you're
1: so right it's that second half of galatians 5 that says like it's for freedom that you've been set free so don't step foot back into bondage and so it really Mm. you really do the more fruit you see and the more freedom you see and you get to this place where you're like hold on one second hold on I tell people all the time when they say like so how do you feel like do you really feel free I'll say like number one I really feel free (laughs) I am a woman who used to hate my body who now loves my body and I have zero qualms about saying that but when people say like how does it feel this is the silliest example but I often say it feels like I found out I don't have to do homework for the rest of my life I genuinely am like, yeah, I'm just like, this is it. I'm here. This is my body. It doesn't have to get better. It doesn't have to improve. I'm not on a timeline. There's no, there's no test coming. This is it. Like, this is it. I just get to show up and I just get to worship. And the the beautiful thing about freedom is that it does just feel so good. And you start to see how high the stakes are for the women around you that there, you don't even, I, I. I got an email the other day that said something about like how good it is to, how good it tastes to feel fit. And I just thought if anyone Mm, knew, right. (laughs) If anyone knew how good it tastes to feel free, you, you would never, you know, want to step a foot back into that bondage.
0: That is right. I love this. Yeah. It is the, um, renewing of your mind. I love that. It's also the taking every thought captive and being able to say, you're like, Hey, I feel like, um, I'm just going to say it because it's on my mind because it's like my new thing. I love my Peloton, but I had to promise myself – it was a Mother's Day gift for my husband. Well, actually, it was a Mother's Day gift, an anniversary gift, a birthday gift, a Christmas gift. It was like all the gifts. Um, But I remember like being so excited when he surprised me with it, but also like having some hesitation in my mind because I was like, what is that going to do to my mind sitting in my living room if I skip a day, if I whatever? Like I had to prepare my heart for what this Mm -hmm. was going to mean for our home. And, um, I remember thinking like, okay, there's a difference between wanting to be toned and there and be strong. There's a difference. Like there's a difference between wanting to feel like I, I want to be able to like work my muscles so that I can see what I can do. So I can push myself and like see how strong I am that I never knew, like reveal new things to me about Mm -hmm. me that I can now start to honor and be excited about. Um, so I can be strong one day for my son and, God willing, my future kids, I can run around with them. Yeah. Like that's why we work out. It's not to look complete a streak or a diet. It's because we want to show up for ourselves and for others. And so I, I do think that this whole workout thing is a, a nitty gritty part of this bigger picture. Yeah. Because I don't. I also don't hear you saying like, hey, if you just want to sit on the couch for the next year, and not do anything, and still love your body, like that's healthy too. Right. Because it's not. And there is an in between. Right. So how do we find that in between? of like I want to be strong I want to like still find discipline in because that's a part of our walk yeah but also not um ugh. You yes. Mean?
1: You're asking the exact right question. And honestly, I'm so glad. So, um, right. Cause some, some people all the time will all, will say like, okay, so you don't work out or you just eat donuts all the time. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 right. I mean, I, I became a bar instructor during the pandemic. Like I love to move. <laughs> I, I run, I run 60 miles a month. Like that's, that's what is most life-giving for me. The difference is it's all in this one sentence. Are we trying to make our bodies good or are we treating our bodies like they're good? That's it. Ooh, yeah, that's a
0: great indicator.
1: Yeah. I love that. Are we trying to like fix this thing, work this project, earn this uh, approval, whatever that means? Or are we just responding really truly in worship to this good thing that God has made? And I mean, worship, I, I also hear from a lot of people who say like, what do you mean like working out as worship? Um But so I like to really direct people towards that Romans 12, one through two passage that that talks about our acts of true and proper worship, really like giving our bodies back to God. And what's so cool about that passage is that I find just so much encouragement there to evaluate how I eat, how I move, what I do in my body. And and ask like is this true and proper worship? Am I having my mind transformed? Am I deciding not to conform to the pattern of the world? But what's really cool is at the end of those verses it says, um, "Then you will know the true and perfect will. You'll know the perfect will of the Father, and that is so different for every single one of us. And so I think we have to get in there and we have to try. We have to see like, okay, is is Peloton worshipful for me? Is that life-giving for me? I would just like to say, in case my husband's listening, I do think it would be worshipful for me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I do think that would be it for me. Um, Is that it for me? So I tell women like, number one, like, is there any area of your health, of your health life, of how you do your, anything in your body that you are doing to strive is there anything you're doing to get ahead? Is there anything you're doing to beat someone else or to prove something else? So mm-hmm. all of those things would be not worship. And those things might need to be reevaluated. But the places where you are able to connect with God, the places where you're able to give him glory, the places where you're left more in awe of him than you were before you started, the places where you find gratitude and joy, like that's probably all worship. It can all be done to his glory.
0: You're talking about worship and honoring your body and in- eating and working out and all the things being worship which yes amen I'm I almost got this picture of like me walking into a sanctuary and like holding my hands up Mm -hmm. during music Mm -hmm. praise and worship because that's what I was supposed to do and that is just the same as going on a run this afternoon because that's what I'm supposed to do yeah and like how disgusting is it that I'm like you know i'm gonna get on my knees and like create the scene to make other people think that i am a certain way when that is exactly what we do that it's the same copy paste but just in our bodies
1: yeah um
0: and in this in this body conversation and like i would never do that in a sanctuary that's not cool right not
1: cool that's such performance weird yeah that's so good it's the same Mm -hmm. yep
0: and so it reminds me of Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I love the message version. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnout on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Mm-hmm. I love that. Unforced. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a, <laughs> this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is why you do it. It's a unforced, I love you and everything you have to speak towards, like the freedom mm-hmm. from the shame. Mm-hmm. And um. That's what scripture says. Like, how, why is it, how has it always been so hard? I I just never, oh, it's just so funny how we can get in our own way. Yeah.
1: It's so true. And I, but I have so much hope. I'll tell you what, I have so much hope. This is what women do. They, they catch a sense of God's heart about something. And, and, and I just want to say like, I'm for sure not the first person to talk about it. I mean, that, that sounds almost silly to say, like, I'm, I am I am one woman in a long line of women who, a long line of women who have been around for decades, really talking about freedom as it pertains to their bodies. I think it just takes a lot of us, kind of like throwing a pebble onto a huge pile, to make to make a to make a difference. Yeah. And so um, I do have so much hope, though, because this is what women do when we catch God's heart about something and we start talking about it. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard the metaphor, but um, uh, probably especially pertinent to you right now as a new mom. But people talk about how moms always hear the cry in the night, like women always hear the cry in the night before men. And I think this is true yeah. for body image as well. You know, the, the percentages are that 97% of women, they say struggle with body image issues, but they say that 95% of men struggle with body image issues. 95 And none of them are talking about it. And so I really do believe, you know, I think something is going to shift. Something is going to change as we all start to have these conversations and look towards God's truth here. Full body chills.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. It's up to us. Like we can do Mm it. Like you say, we are the girls for the job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We can. Um, I have a few fun questions for you pertaining to all of this. Love it. One is what do you love about your body that maybe you didn't see before you found this freedom?
1: I love that question. You know, I would say the most, no one's ever asked me that. So I love that. Um, I would say the (laughs) most like direct thing that I felt shame about in my body is I, I couldn't even really describe it except for I would just say my body felt very messy like it, it just, I'm not a very tidy girl in anything that I do. Um, and so, like, my hair always feels messy. Like, I don't, it's, it just, I don't know. Everything about it, I just felt very, like, messy. And I think I have really grown to love just how. I've just grown to love that, the like haphazard nature of my body. And I think I'll notice things now that I know are not culturally like tidy or acceptable, like a place where, you know, I'm supposed to like curve in, I curve out. And, um, I don't know, it really, it, Hmm. it like brings me a lot of delight. I would say the biggest one that I'm like, that I, I like, can also share a lot more concisely is that I have been directly shamed about my forehead for the last five to six years on Instagram <laughs> mercilessly because I have a really expressive face and I haven't gotten Botox. Wild. I know it's pretty intense. Um, and now I, God has like absolutely changed my mind about it. And I love my forehead so much. I love to see it move. I love to see the lines. Yes. <laughs> so I just, every time I don't want that is like, Absolutely <laughs> no shame or blame for anyone who gets Botox. I, that, you, that is between you and God. That's you and God figuring out what's, what's perfect and his goodwill for you. Um, I just like to see my forehead move. I'm like, it's so interesting to me. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, and then
0: another fun question on the back end is how do you love the most to honor your body whether it's through like movement, what kind of movement, if it's through eating something, what kind of food, like just mm-hmm. what are some things that in freedom you now look forward to doing? Yeah.
1: It's running 110% for me. It, running has been this really redemptive part wow, of my story. Really? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm five, four and very curvy. So, I mean, things you can't tell on the internet, like I'm a very curvy five, four girl. I, I, I have this body type that people would not expect to be a runner. And, um my the only sport I ever played growing up I played T-ball and they literally called me lightning because I was so slow. So yes. for most of my Oh, life, So for most of my life, I believe that I was not a runner that I could not run, that I was too slow. And then in 2010, I was struggling with pretty bad postpartum depression and I had a counselor who suggested I try running. And ever since then, I, I actually, uh, a few weeks into trying to be a runner, I went on, um, I ended up going on an eight mile run. I, and, and it was just crazy. I just realized this thing about my body that when I start, I can go. Like I can just keep going. And it is where I meet God. So, um, that's still my story. It feels like it's where I experience like so much freedom from defeat because every single run, most runners will tell you like almost every single run still, I think like, I can't do this. I'm not (laughs) even able to run a mile. I can't do this. And it's just this opportunity almost every day or every other day to get out and to be with God and talk to God, think through my own thoughts and do something that I really like shouldn't be able to do supposedly.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Uh, if y'all see me running, you better start running too because something's chasing me. <laughs> I like to cycle and I like bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I do not run. Maybe one day. Never say never. Yeah. Not maybe today, I'll take though. you on not a run. I day. also feel, I constantly uh-uh. feel like I can talk people into running. Like I'm sure of it. I, I can make anybody Probably love could. running. Yeah. Hey, maybe one day.
0: I'll come to Charleston. Charleston, yeah, if I did have to run anywhere, it would be Charleston. So You got one. One point for Jess. Love it. If someone wanted to pre-order Breaking Free from Body Shame and they're loving this conversation and are like, dang, I need more
1: than this 36 minutes... Where can they find that? Absolutely. So it's anywhere where books are sold. You can pre-order it on Amazon. And if you get it before it comes out, um, we're giving a ton of gifts because that's what you do when a book comes out. And so we actually have a really cool, yeah, we have a cool community of women called Good Body Gals that anyone who pre-orders one copy of the book gets to join Good Body Gals. And we exercise together every Monday. We do body image coaching. So we're having a ton of fun doing that. But we also have an e-course called the Body Shame Detox that your brother shot for me so it's excellently produced Um, and it just helps women (laughs) detox their lives from the different messages of shame that they are continually receiving amazing I'm so
0: excited for this I'm on your team always will be you're just incredible but my favorite question actually I take it back because I've had some favorites this whole show another great question we'll phrase it that way what is something you are loving these days that our friends listening need to know about be anything doesn't have to be body related. It could be a shameless plug.
1: Totally up to you. Okay. I mean, it's totally random, but I'm going to grab it because it's right here. Um, I'm obsessed with my new tote bag. <laughs> <gasps> that is so cute. I really like it. Um, it's <laughs> actually a diaper bag. I, I stop it. You can't tell. You cannot um, tell. It's from a shop called Shop Bagging Right, and I love it. Wow. It is so cute and spunky and you. Thank you.
0: I love it. Uh, and I love the strap mm-hmm. and everything. It looks very versatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I will link that in the show notes and go there myself afterwards. So glad. <laughs> See, there are other bags. Well, again, you are a treasure. I adore you a ton. I just think you're the coolest and so grateful that you were able to spend this time with us today and just speak full life, like mm. capital
1: L I F E, to our friends listening because mm. I... I needed this too. And so I'm, I'm feeling the shift in my perspective already. I'm so glad. Thank you. I love you, friend. I'm so thankful for you. This episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast has ended,
0: but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.